Thank you for listening to the Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy Podcast. I am your podcast host, Shea Pate. Well, it is Friday. And as I mentioned on my Wonderful Women Wednesday episode, we are going to be celebrating Dr. Fauci. And the really twist part of this is I am going to play a 15-minute interview with Dr. Fauci, and he is being interviewed by the rapper Fat Joe. Fat Joe has a new talk show. I don't know if it's audio and video or if it's just audio because I happened to do be doing research on Dr. Fauci and saw it. And when I looked at the video, it was just Dr. Fauci answering a question. So if you want, you can go and check out the video. But the cool part about the uh, interview is that Fat Joe asked Dr. Fauci questions that a lot of people probably would ask him if they got a chance. They're not just the scientific part. It's just the general living part with the scientific answer. And I thought it was pretty cool, except for the questions about going to the strip club. Other than that, uh, (laughs) I thought it was pretty cool. So I want you guys to um, listen to the interview with Dr. Fauci. And he's going to talk about his background, and Joe's going to talk about some of the things that Dr. Fauci has done in the past. 
And after the interview, I'm just going to read a little bit of research I found out about Dr. Fauci to give you a little summary of who he is outside of the person that some of us just met for the first time regarding the coronavirus. And I need you guys to pay attention because he is an expert and he has de dealt with uh, Ebola, HIV, things that we are very familiar with. And he was the expert then. So I want you guys to check out this interview from Fat Joe with Dr. Fauci. Doing Dr. Fauci, welcome to the big, 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 big show. And anybody who advise you to come talk to me, uh, get it right on the nail because I speak for the brown and black community. We are honored to have America's doctor on the big show, Dr. Fauci. How are you doing today, Dr. Fauci? I'm fine, Joe. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. I'm really glad to be here. And okay, Dr. Fauci. Uh, we're going to talk about some myths. We're going to talk about some treatments, whatever the case may be. I see a lot of people out in Atlanta. A lot of people are in the clubs. Uh, I want to be outside as well, uh, but I know it ain't time yet. Uh, I just want to know when is the, the NBA basketball arena is going to be filled up with people, when I'm going to be able to perform. I even have friends asking me to ask you, when will the strip clubs be safe to go back into Dr. Fauci? Well, you know, as I said, it's going to be a combination, Joe, of if we get, and I'm cautiously optimistic we will, get a safe and effective vaccine by the end of this year, that we will be able to vaccinate people in a safe and effective way into 2021. And if you combine a protection from a vaccine, which even though it's not 100% protection, no vaccine is 100% protected. So you're going to have to combine the protection of a vaccine with some element of public health measures. Not necessarily as strict as we're doing now, but some element of that. If we do that, I think by the end, maybe third quarter or end of 2021, we can get back to some degree of normality where you might be able to go to a sports event, you might be able to go to a theater, without worrying about getting infected. I kind of sounded, Dr. Fauci, like, uh, you know, like, will we ever go back to not having to use the mask in, yeah. in, in crowded places? Because you kind of, like, gave us a little, like, you know, to go back to almost normalcy. What does that mean? Does, does it look like the next, the future of concerts and NBAs, we're all going to be in the arena, but we all going to still have to have the mask on even after the vaccine? I hope not, and I don't think so, Joe. I think if we get enough people over a period of time vaccinated, and you might even need a boost every once in a while, vaccinated against this so that the level of infection is so low in the community that the chance of a person getting infected is extremely low. Unlike what it was like in New York just a few months ago, where and you're in the Bronx, you're a Bronx guy. I mean, if you live in the Bronx, I mean, that would really be a, a reasonably high risk of getting infected if you didn't have the public health measures. I think we can put that behind us once we get a good vaccine and the level of infection in the community is very low. You know, Dr. Fauci, I know you're an expert, you're the expert of experts, the doctor of doctors. I want to know what role did you take in uh 
the the AIDS epidemic research, and I know we have treatments for HIV now. Uh, could you tell us uh, what part you, you partake in that? Well, that's what I do. That's my life, Joe. I mean, that's what I've done. I'm the director of the Institute that has literally developed all of the drugs together with the pharmaceutical companies that are now essentially saving the lives of individuals every single day, allowing them to get back to really normality. Because when I was taking care of, of persons with HIV back in the early 80s, almost all of my patients died. We developed drugs through clinical trials, through basic research. Now I see my patients as mostly in clinic just to follow them up and see how they're doing. In addition, I had the privilege of working with President George W. Bush to develop the President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief, or PEPFAR, which has saved literally 14, 15 million lives, mostly in the developing world, such as Sub-Saharan Africa. So my, my scientific public health and, and medicine life has been focused and centered around persons with HIV ever since the very first cases were reported in the United States on the West Coast and in New York City. Uh, Dr. Fauci, thank you for everything you've done uh, for everybody in America and around the world. Uh, we know you catch COVID in the air, but is there a safe way to have sex without catching COVID-19? Well, you know, physical con uh, contact, Joe, I think, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, when you say sex is a kind of, well, you know, that's something that gets... I mean, you know, there's people who casually, you know, have sex, Dr. Fauci, like, you know, they, you know, and I, to me, I don't see it being safe, but I want, you're the expert, you know? Yeah, well, let, putting sex aside, because sex is one of many ways and you could have close personal contact. So the fact is, practically speaking, Joe, if a person has uh, the SARS coronavirus and you are close enough, which is what happens with sex, the chances are that you can get infected. So it is something that is not a safe thing to do unless you know the person with whom you're having a relate, an intimate relationship is negative. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why we're trying to get much more testing available to people who want to feel comfortable about whether or not they happen to be infected or not. Yeah, that's an excellent uh Answer, Dr. Fauci. Uh, too many people in the brown and black community are saying they don't trust the vaccine. They saying uh, we even have a lack of volunteers from the brown and black community for vaccine trials. They're saying uh, whispers of Tuskegee experiments. How do we avoid the whispers and every and all of this? Uh, you have it, and, and have people feel safe to go take this vaccine when it does come out. Yeah, that, Joe, that's, that's a great point. And what one needs to do is to look at the science and the data. There are clinical trials right now involving tens of thousands of people to determine whether the vaccine is safe and effective. The best way that the brown and black community can feel comfortable in, in, in getting vaccinated when it ultimately gets shown to be safe and effective and is proven, is to get involved in the clinical trials, Joe. And the reason I say that is that if only white people 
get involved in the clinical trials. Or 95% white people and Latinx or brown and black people don't get involved. If a vaccine is really effective and really safe, you will not have proven that it is safe and effective in brown and black people. So you got to get as volunteers in the clinical trial so that when it gets available, you can tell your friends and colleagues, you know, we've shown that it works in us. It's safe in us and it's effective in us. The big tragedy would be is that if we have a safe and effective vaccine and brown and black people don't take it. And that would be really a shame, Joe, because as you know from the statistics, Brown and black people have a greater incidence of getting infected in the first place because of the nature of the jobs that many of them have, putting them out on the front line. And they also have a much higher incidence and prevalence of the comorbidities or other diseases that when you do get infected with the SARS coronavirus 2, you have a much greater chance of being hospitalized, getting serious infection, and dying ultimately because the death rates are much much higher in the brown and black community why a they have comorbidities and what are they diabetes hypertension obesity chronic lung disease chronic kidney disease all of those things make it more likely that you are going to have a deleterious or serious outcome from coronavirus infection you know, Doc, uh, I have type 2 diabetes. Uh, I lost a lot of weight, maybe over 100-something pounds, so I don't take insulin no more, thank God. But still in all, I've been working out and dieting and like never before. Is this like, is this a, a great way to fight COVID, you know, to help boost my immune system? Because I'm just trying to be as healthy as possible in case if I do catch it, you know. Joe, you brought up a really great point. Yes, there are things that you can do, which it looks like you're successfully doing it right now, because clearly obesity is one of the important parameters and comorbidities that make a person at a greater risk for a serious outcome. But you know what we also all have to do now and when this is all over? We've got to take a look at those social determinants of health, which put black and brown people at a disadvantage, which are responsible for the fact that they have more diabetes, more hypertension, more heart disease, a lot of things that, for example, the diets that are available to them, the socioeconomic situation they find themselves in. We got to commit ourselves so that 10, 20, 30 years from now, those risks are no longer disproportionately weighted on the brown and black people of our country and the world. Will there ever be some sort of cure for diabetes, or is diabetes just a behavioral uh, disease? Well, there's two types of diabetes, Joe. As you know, you have type 2 diabetes, which means the fact that you were obese and the fact that you still are now overweight makes it more likely that you're going to get this type of diabetes that isn't an immunological autoimmune phenomenon, whereas type 1 diabetes is mostly genetically predetermined, and it's really a destruction of the cells that make the insulin that you need, and that's one of the problems. So 
It's one that you can do something about. And sometimes genetically, no matter what you do, you're going to get diabetes. We are working on cures. One, you can do much better because you can do behavioral change. The other, there are other approaches that are obviously more sophisticated and more complicated. But we hope one day to be able to cure diabetes. Dr. Fauci, doctor of all doctors, do you anticipate that from here to the next 50 years, will there be a cure for diabetes? Will they make a treatment that could cure diabetes? Do you think so? I th you said 50 years? I think so. 50 years. 50, you know, it may be that a certain subset. I mean, right now, there are certain types of transplantations that are done that could do it. I think as the years go by, we'll get better and better at that. I think we're going to have more people cured of diabetes in the next 15 years. I don't think you're necessarily going to get everybody cured of diabetes in 15 years. But, but that's not the way biomedical research advances occur. They don't usually occur like you turn a switch on and off. They're usually incremental over a period of time. It's the same way as treatment for certain cancers. You know, you'd have a certain percentage get cured. Then you get better treatments, more percentage. Then after a while, you have a disease like some of the lymphomas where most of the people can get cured. Uh, back to the COVID. Would you send your kids to school? You know, so it would depend on where we live. If we live in an area where the level of infection is modest or low, and the school that the children would be going to as a plan of what you would do if you had a child that would be infected to prevent the old, you know the spread throughout the community i would certainly seriously consider sending my child back but if i were in an area where it was you know red hot with infections that's a red zone i'd have to think about that twice before i would make that decision i think it's a question of what the level of infection in the community is. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It really, you have to take it case by case. You know, there are some places in the country, I was just uh, on, a, uh, on a conference with uh, the governor of Vermont, and the level of infection in Vermont now is the test positivity is like 0.2%, which means there's a very low level of infection in the community. Under those circumstances, I think you can pretty easily do that. Yeah. Got one last question for you as a lighthearted one. I know you guys, you must have the world, the world on your shoulders, Dr. Fauci. I don't know how you do it. I watch you. I admire you so much. And I just see you standing up for all of us. And I appreciate that. But this is, this is a hip-hop-based show. I'll give you my last question. Who's your favorite rapper of all time, Biggie or Tupac? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I, I, I remember that rivalry. When I've seen Tupac, I, you got to go with Tupac. He's really good. <laughs> you big out here, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci, we love you. We appreciate you. We appreciate your family for letting you be on the front lines for us and, and let you spend all your time trying to uh, find the cure to COVID-19. Uh, we're praying for you, Dr. Fauci. Thank you so much for showing up to the Big Big Show. Uh, thank you, Joe. I appreciate you having me very much. Thank you. So as you heard from the interview with Fat Joe, Dr. Fauci is the man. He is the man and has been the man for many years. And I was laughing because the interview, 
I don't know where Fat Joe is. You don't see him in the video. You just see Dr. Fauci pretty much talking to either his laptop camera or the camera. But it sounds like this is what I was talking about in a previous episode, the audio. It sounds like Fat Joe, he has the acoustics of a bathroom. You know how when you're on the phone in the bathroom, the acoustics is different. So I'm not really sure where he was during the interview, but that's one of the examples I was mentioning about audio. So you only can get what you can get. And there's another um, audio I wanted to play. Now, this is Robin Roberts on Good Morning America talking to Juju. And they're talking to a gentleman who did a audio book on Dr. Fauci, a.k.a. America's doctor. His name is Michael Spector. And I'm, I'm going to warn you in advance. It is the worst audio, even for Good Morning America. The audio was horrible, but I still am going to play it. Hopefully you can hear Mr. Spectre. He was kind of fading in and out. And this is, once again, what I was talking about. When you got the distorted audio from the beginning, by the time I get it and transfer it over and you guys hear it, there's not but so much engineering I can do. But I want you guys to uh, listen to this gentleman. He's... The lucky one that gets to do an audio book regarding Dr. Fauci. Throughout all of this, it appears the nation's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, has not been contacted about the president's treatment. Nightline's Juju Chang spoke with the author of a new biography about America's doctor. It's called Fauci. And Juju joins us now. Good morning, Juju. Good morning, Robin. You know, Dr. Anthony Fauci has long been known as a brilliant workaholic and a straight shooter. But during the pandemic, he has reached household name status and a hugely popular one at that because time and again, he has shown that he is unafraid to speak truth to power. At five foot seven, he's a towering figure capturing America's attention front and center on the pandemic task force. The COVID-19 pandemic has cast a harsh light on public health leaders in the United States. Nobody has played a more critical role in this national drama or struggled harder to end it than this man. Hello, Tony, I want to ask how you are. Yes, how I am. If I don't go on a walk, I'm going to lose my mind with all I've been going through. My goodness. But COVID-19 is by no means his first crisis. In the Reagan years, Dr. Anthony Fauci emerged as the hero of the AIDS epidemic pushed by active activists to help make compassionate care a reality, later serving Presidents Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama, and now Trump. That man's been an NIH career. He wants to try and solve the big problems and help the world faces. The first biography on the doctor, Fauci, by author and New Yorker writer Michael Spector, examines his 36-year career and his Catholic school upbringing, graduating at the top of his med school class, the Jesuit training leading to a life of public service. But what makes Fauci a standout is his ability to remain apolitical and diplomatic. He won't denounce the president, but he'll just say a series of facts that are absolutely the opposite of what the president says. But one of the loudest sources of misinformation, the president himself, who, like Fauci, is in his late 70s. Both men raised outside Manhattan, Trump in Queens, Fauci from Brooklyn, but worlds apart. Fauci is the most disciplined man I've ever run into. He works 18 hours a day and he's done that for 35 years. He is in many ways everything that Fauci isn't. Fauci is a deliberate person who relies on information and data to make judgments. 
polls often showing Fauci as the most trusted voice on COVID, but the truth coming at a cost. Fauci revealing in August that he and his family are receiving death threats. This is just a level of vitriol that we haven't seen in the past. And I think there are other public health officials who are under attack for saying the right thing. It's very dangerous. Today, America's doctor acquiring an unlikely rock star status. His bobblehead sold out. A lifelong baseball fan throwing out that first pitch at the Nationals game during the height of the pandemic. He's reaching RBG level pop star status. What is it about him that elicits this kind of response? I think people have like a sort of gut sense of who's lying and who's telling the truth and who's trying to be helpful. And in my experience with him, both in this pandemic and throughout the years, people listen to him and they, they believe that what he's saying is worth listening to. And that's, that's been quite valuable. And, you know, the audiobook Fauci is out today. And, Robin, I've forgotten just how monumental a role he played during the AIDS crisis. And fun fact for you, at five foot seven, not only was he captain of his high school basketball team, he dreamed of an NBA career. Go, Fauci! <laughs> Guys, Dr. Fauci kind of put it out there. Now, he did have a point, although personally, I'm not willing to be a guinea pig for trial testing, but he did have a point that if brown people do not volunteer for the trial testing how will they know if it works for us so i'm not really sure what to say about that i i'm just not just the tuskegee experiment a whole bunch of things make me not trust anything government related and i hate to say that but you know i don't know uh if you think that you're a person it would be a good fit for a trial test and definitely do it i don't want to discourage anyone i'm afraid of needles period so unless it's something that, well, I'm just going to say, I am i don't think I personally am ready for that, but I hope there is a cure soon. And I too thank Dr. Fauci and his family for allowing us to have him. And it is kind of surprising that he was not contacted about the president going into the hospital since he was supposed to be the expert. So I don't know what that's about, but anyway, I was just having a great time listening to Fat Joe ask them questions, and Dr. Fauci was on it. He is obviously very familiar with the hip-hop community, so bravo once again, Dr. Fauci. That was definitely a great, fantastic fellas Friday for me, and I hope you guys learned a lot. One of the things I personally am going to try to focus on is weight loss and eating better, because as he said, obesity is a trigger. And I am lucky I don't have diabetes or um, high blood pressure or any of those things, but I know that I am overweight and the definition of overweight varies according to who you talk to, but it, I, a lot of us are overweight and we don't have to be fat and sloppy and look crazy to be overweight. I um, want you guys to encourage yourselves into just getting healthier and do whatever you can. Some of the supplements they were showing that the president had was zinc and vitamin D. So I don't know what else comes with all the stuff he had, but those two things you might want to look into and just do whatever you can to keep yourself as uh, healthy as possible. I hope you enjoyed this episode because I sure did. And as always, if you have any questions, give us a call at 404 404- 
855-7723. Or you can always email us at podcasthostshapate19 at gmail.com. And you can always listen to us on all the different podcast apps, Podbean, iTunes, Apple iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Spotify, and of course, Amazon Alexa. Tune in. So I would like to say I appreciate you for listening. And I do want to remind you of the audio issues, as you heard with Michael the gentleman that just did the audio book on Dr. Fauci, his name is Michael Spector. The audio was horrible. And then Juju was standing outside and you could hear the bus come by. So, you know, audio is tricky. So just hang in there with me if the audio isn't up to your quality, which is not up to mine. I can honestly say that, but I can't do but so much. And I'll be glad when all this is over so I can actually interview people in person and take all that extra drama out of the audio. And I'd like to end this podcast with my favorite question. Let me back up. Don't forget to follow us. And you can follow us on Twitter at Advocacy Ladies. Capital A is in Advocacy. Capital L is in Ladies. And I'd like to end all my episodes with the question, what do you have to say? Thank you for listening. <laughs>